Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas that are sometimes informational, sometimes inspirational, and always entertaining on Stacy Connects. Welcome to Stacy Connects. I am not Stacy Heller. In, <laughs> in case my voice didn't give it away. Clearly. I am not, I'm not Stacy Heller. I am JDK Winnikin back again after a couple of months since the last time I subbed in. Uh, subbing for Stacy, we'll talk about why in just a minute, but thank you for joining us on this episode. At its heart, this show is about making connections through conversation, asking questions instead of making assumptions, and about engaging with the elephant in any room. Thank you, whether you listen uh, live, like right now, or later via podcast. Please consider subscribing, by the way. Uh, rating and leaving a comment. I know Stacy would appreciate that. Be also uh, sure also to check out uh, Stacy's other show, Don't Ask Me to Talk, the show she does with Eric Ryder, our in-studio producer who's here today. Hi, Eric. That's right. That show is on, uh, you can listen live on Thursdays from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific time on 880 Kixie, or you can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can also follow Stacy's Instagram account, Stacy Talks, for updates. If you would like to chat with us live, you can call 425-373-5527. Otherwise, you can text or call 475-999-2726. Okay. I think I've gotten through all of that. <laughs> Nicely that done. Was, that was great. Okay. Good. Good. And hey, if you're wondering who those voices are, that's Eric. Grace Heller. Yes. Stacy may not be the here to connect. The ghost past. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going to fight through the discomfort and call her Stacy and not mom. But Stacy isn't here today because she is suffering from insert illness here. Literally Ooh. everything, hurt back, bronchitis, flu, maybe a sinus infection. We don't know. So I'm wow. in her place. It's going to, we're going to power through. Get as, well soon, yes, Stacy. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. We are wishing for her fast recovery. Uh, I have a, I do have a note, of course. Hello, Mimi. Hello, ladies. Could not, did not want you to feel left out, even though your daughter is not here today. Your loving granddaughter is. Yes. Um, that might be, that might be even a bigger deal. That, on some level. I'm gonna take that. You never know. <laughs> Unless they call in, we'll never know. But I'll take it. Um, a little update on the holidays. It was a fairly uneventful holiday in the Heller house. Gifts were highly functional. I don't know about you. Oh yeah, yeah. Same here. I got an air fryer. Lovely. Like, awesome. you'll, you'll use it, you know? It, totally. It's not it's not a hoverboard, but it's functional. <laughs> In fact, my mom, one thing that we really has been kind of, you know, it's been happening a lot more since we've been home, or maybe I'm just noticing it more, but she will stand up, and the first thing out of her mouth is, where's my damn phone? She literally cannot <laughs> keep track of her phone. So for Christmas, my siblings and I, we all came together, and we got her an AirTag, of course, customized it, MDP, my damn phone. Oh, yes. very good. And we got her a little thing to put on the back of her phone. One thing we didn't know is that we thought that several phones or several devices can connect to one AirTag. Mm -hmm. It cannot. It can only be one. So she connected to it, but then we were like, well, that's not useful because if you lost your phone, you need your phone to find it. That's not going to work. So I've connected to it, and now it's mom's damn phone. So... I see. It's been very effective. She was at Target the other day, and I, I didn't want to call her to find where she was. So I just looked up her AirTag, and I found her in the aisle. That's the benefit for it you. It was great. Yeah. Right? Oh, my gosh. It was, like, so easy because you never know. She's She claims she can answer her phone all the time, but 
you really never know. No. Well, it's like that's the equivalent of like putting a bell on the cat's collar so you know where exactly. the cat is. Right. But then you're like, well, I hear the bell, but where's the bell? Where's the bell? So, <laughs> so the air tag will, will, will let you know how that's going. Well, that's so pretty far, good. So good. That is pretty good. All right. So, yeah, the holidays for me were actually pretty low key as well. It's so nice. I was all right with that. Yeah. A low key year. Yeah. Exactly. Just do it big next year. Well, hopefully she's feeling better soon. She's been she's been wrestling yeah. with these things for a while. Yeah, no. We're we're hoping for a speedy recovery here on out. It hasn't been speedy at all up to this point, but Well, it's interesting because it fits in with the Staceyism that yes. she sent in uh for me. And here is Stacy's Staceyism for the week. Don't pay attention to the trickster that is your mind. And then the subtitle underneath that is her confession. I guess I need to pay attention to my body. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so therefore the trickster is your body can handle anything. Just right. go, 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 go. Right. And no, because it'll eventually tell you. Well. It'll shut down. Yeah. It's like it, your body's a vehicle, you know. <laughs> you need to take care of it. Yeah. It's not just a. I say that and I haven't got my Mazda service in like <laughs> years. But, it's but not still. just it's not just a suit for your brain. Right. right. There you go. Right. It's other things. So. All right. So that's a that's a good one. Don't listen to the trickster that is your mind. seemingly if your mind is telling you you can power through illness. Yeah, which it usually is. Right. So She tends to do that. Although I think a lot of us do that. Yeah. We push ourselves further than we think we we can go. Yeah, I think we think a lot of things are a mindset. Yeah. There really aren't. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, an allergy? It's a mindset. Oh, I think I'm feeling really tired lately. Oh, oh, your throat's closing? Oh, (laughs) power through. Power through. (laughs) 105 fever. Mm, uh, it's because you're thinking too that's, hard. That's what it is. <laughs> Stick your head in the freezer. Yeah, exactly. Right, come on. Fine. Ice pack. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So now, Grace, we should let yes. everybody know why it is that you and I. Right. Because why, why you us? and I are. Why us? Right? Truly, yes. So this episode, in looking back, it's been years in the making. These conversations have yeah. been happening for a while. But this episode today has been months in the making. You subbed for her back in October while yeah. she was in Italy, Italy, as one is. On the Riviera. Yes, on the Riviera. <laughs> uh, and you mentioned at the end of the show that we should, next time she was, maybe we made this happen. Because you said next time that she couldn't come into her show, we should talk about this. Oh, yeah. And right, we did. may have spoken that into existence. So sorry, Mom. But I then called in in November, challenge accepted, and here we are today. Here we are, And yes. what are we talking about today? We are talking about, and please, those of you who have no idea what this means, what I'm about to say, please do not switch off yes. from this because we will make it relevant to you as yes. best we can. We are going to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. Or the, the MCU. No, the MCU. If you nasty. That's, what the cool, <laughs> that's what the cool kids call it, is the oh, yeah. MCU. Right. No big deal. Now, um, this is, of course, the cinematic series that has been going on since the late 2000s, yeah. I guess. Yeah, like 2008. 2008, something like Ish. that. That uh, comprises now, I looked this up, 30 movies and eight television series so far. The movies uh, all released, of course, cinematically, and then the series all play on Disney Plus since the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. is part of the Mouse House and, you know, along with Star Wars. <laughs> right. Basically everything. Basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. Basically, the sci- biggest sci-fi enterprises are all yeah. part of the Mouse House. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Which makes Mickey Mouse, like, 
the the power broker. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Also, yeah. he's a talking mouse. I don't know why we're surprised that sci-fi is now yeah. under Disney's control. <laughs> this has always been a little sci-fi, <laughs> if you ask me. True. I'm just a lot of talking animals. That's a good point. Well, yeah, but this. So yeah, right. A couple months ago, I thought this would be a great idea because yeah. you and I have been having this com- these conversations about the these series of movies and shows totally. over the dinner table at your house. Yeah. For a long time. And in yeah. fact, I remember actually where it started. When I was doing my first podcast, Building from the Bullet Hole, I was over recording at your house with Stacy, and I was wearing a Captain America t-shirt. Yes. And you went, what the H-E double hockey sticks are you, you wearing? What the hell is that? <laughs> what the hell is that? I was like, get that out you of my so home. You were so mad. And I thought, yes. and I remember going, wait a minute. Who doesn't like Captain America? What's the deal? No, you're here? like, what teenage girl doesn't like? What Captain teenage girl doesn't like Captain America? Right? Truly, right? He's got yeah. he's got America's backside, right? I mean, he really does. <laughs> it's him with the backside and Michelle Obama with America's arms. The two of them are. Oh wow, that's true. Right? I okay. Know. All right. Well, anyway. But yeah. So that was where this started, and over time, we've had various discussions here. Now, this is all rooted in a mutual love of this yes, universe. Totally. This series of. Heroes, and just to give you context for everybody, these are heroes like Captain America. You've heard Iron Man is the other big one, yep. uh, played by Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Tony Stark is the actual character's name. Yeah. Uh, but then there are other big ones like Thor. Mm-hmm. Chris Hemsworth plays him. Uh, Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson played her. Uh, Hawkeye, played by Jeremy Renner. And by the way, yes, we are keeping well. him in our thoughts today. Yeah. He, I don't know if he's still in critical condition, but he just had an accident, so we're. Yeah, snow plowing. Yeah, accident. yeah, We're not good. Hoping for his recovery as well. Yeah, as of this morning, he was still in critical condition, but stable. So oh, that's he's had two surgeries, I think. Oh my gosh, I know, not good. No. So those were the original big ones, right? Yeah. And and the movies have been spread out over what they they've broken them into phases, three phases. The third phase ended back in 2019, right before COVID, with the biggest grossing film yes. in history, Endgame, Avengers Endgame, which broke all sorts of records. And then since then, it's been the phase four, which I, I've described as the hangover from phase No three. better way to put it. No better way to put it, because I'm not quite sure they know where they're going. I know. They're just point. kind of making the next move. Yeah. You which, know? Yeah, it's kind of weird. So yeah. what we're going to talk about today is we're going to get to the root of the main conflict. Yes. <laughs> that, that <laughs> I'm going to let out this pent-up rage, I suppose. I am going to really give you some space to really let Thank this you, fly. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, but there's also some really good stuff in here because this series is really about, and the reason why I think it's it's been so popular is not just because of the action. It's really good storytelling with really compelling characters that are in relationship with one another, at least in the first three phases. In particular, um, Steve Rogers, who is Captain America, yeah. and Tony Stark, who is was Iron Man. And there are some spoilers here, ladies and gentlemen. By the end of Endgame, so if you want to wait till later, switch off now. If you're four years behind. <laughs> yeah, four years behind. Switch Pause. off. Switch off now. We'll do, 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 yeah. do, 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 Okay. They have, they've had time. Perfect. All right. Because both those characters exit the scene at the end of Endgame. They exit the whole series. Yes. At the end of this, which was gut-wrenching yes. for longtime fans for a really long time. But Grace and I have had this ongoing debate for a number of years now about who was more responsible for the downfall of not just these characters, but how we ended up at Endgame and how the Avengers just take a huge beating by the end of it. Was it more Tony or was it more Steve Rogers, Captain America? I have sort of been on the side of Tony was responsible for this. There's no such ambiguousness from Grace. 
No, absolutely not. Well, all right. I don't blame Steve Rogers for any of the problems, any of the, you know, interstellar random things. Like, none of that is his fault. He didn't really do anything to incite any of that. But I also don't think that he is as deserving of the praise for fixing it as I think people claim that he is. Gotcha. I think that more so the blame falls to Tony, but there's no recognition. Even in the movies, not even just in terms of the audience, but even in the movies, I think that there's a lot of blame that overlays the amount of work that he does to resolve a lot Mm -hmm. of the problems and save the world many times. Um, Whereas that never, there's never really a question about Steve Rogers, about what he's doing, you know? So I think that personally, I, I take issue with the praising of Steve Rogers and the, we're kind of, in my opinion, no good reason. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so I just had this idea. Yes. How about you give a quick background on Tony Stark and his character? Yeah. I'll do the same with Steve Rogers. Perfect. And then we'll talk, and I'll, I'll tie that in with what actually happens with them. It'll give more context. Awesome. This is great because I just rewatched Iron Man. So, it's so good. It's so good. So Tony Stark, he is the son of a weapons developer for the Army, Armed Services, everything. And he's a brilliant guy. He takes over his father's company after he dies. And he starts out just as this kind of narcissistic playboy billionaire Mm -hmm. and ends up in his position. He is kidnapped by terrorists and ends up having to have some procedure done. And he kind of ends up with this metal thing in his chest that's keeping him alive. And from that, he creates the Iron Man suits. So he's a regular guy. He's got no superpowers, but he designs these suits, these Iron Man suits that have, you know, powers and he can fly and he can lift heavy things. And it kind of gives him this newfound purpose. And he takes this technology and he kind of saves the world in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And he also, as you were mentioning, he wreaks a lot of havoc in a lot of other ways by kind of trying to advance this technology, use Mm -hmm. it for safety. He no longer creates weapons, but he himself has kind of become this superhero in a suit, yeah. in a way. There's a big emotional and moral battle going on with him seemingly all yes. the time. Yeah. He's yeah. A, yeah, he's a very tumultuous person yeah. as well. Yeah, and he's also a public superhero. Yes. This is not an alter ego secret no. thing. He is very proud of the fact that he is Iron Man. He is yeah. one of the few, I think, that yeah. embrace it and is super public. It's not even just common knowledge. It's like he's like, please mm-hmm. know that I'm Iron Man. <laughs> Everyone right. please recognize this. So. Well, and Steve Rogers is another one who's known. Yes. Who's known, who's oh, different. Yeah. Right. And Steve Rogers, who becomes known as Captain America, his story actually starts earliest in the larger historical timeline. Yes. He was a, a young, pretty much a young man when World War II started. And in the story, he becomes a super soldier. He gets injected with this serum that turns him into the super soldier. Things go awry. And rather than him being the prototype for a whole series of these super soldiers that would go defeat the Nazis, he becomes the only one. And in the first movie that he's in, which is called The First Avenger, Captain America, he, it's a story of, sort of how he and his, his best friend, Bucky Barnes, uh, become part of this, you know, they go fight over in, in World War II against a branch off of the Nazis, um, Hydra, that uh, is experimenting with all of these weapons that are based in this cosmic technology that has been discovered in, uh, you know, in a cube inside the Earth's surface. And so... There's this whole side technology. It's laser beams. It's all this kind of stuff. And essentially at the end of that movie, in order to save the world from all of this, um, he crashes in an airplane 
in the polar ice caps and disappears for 70 years. Because he's a super soldier, he survives this, and 70 years later, which is our current time, he's thought out, <laughs> more or less. Apparently. And uh, because he's got a strong uh, devotion to duty and a very, very strong uh, sense of friendship for Bucky, and there's some, something real bad happens with Bucky. He disappears mm-hmm. and comes back as a mangled human being later on. He also is the guy we're supposed to sympathize with. He loses the love of his life when he goes into the ice. And when he comes back, she's 70 years older, all this kind of stuff. And he's a man out of time, more or less. Yes. But he's got a very, he's known as having a very strong moral compass, a very strong sense of duty. And he has difficulty uh, really connecting with people in this new time that he's in. And from very early on in their friendship, uh, in their relationship, in the first Avengers movie, that it was at the end of phase one that brought all these individual characters together, their relationship is, they become very close. Yeah. But it is always fraught with tension, isn't it? Oh, yes. There's never really a time, until the very last minute, when it's like life or death, there's basically never a time that they ever really agree on anything, big or small. Yeah. And... It creates a lot of interesting. It does. It does. Dynamics. So so when we come back from our first break, let's talk about what happens in Endgame. And then yeah. let's have this let's have this discussion. And then let's broaden it out to a discussion about why we care so much about this in the first <laughs> Why are we so obsessed? And there might actually be something for all of us in that conversation. So okay. we'll be right back. Stick with us. Do you feel like you're stuck in a style rut? If so, take the first step on your journey and go to michaelbruceimageconsulting.com. Fill out their simple personal style assessment and schedule a complimentary, no obligation, 20-minute style consultation. Let the experts help you gain some perspective on your style challenges. Stacy Connects, it's not just my business, it's my superpower. Whether you need the right tone and messaging for a new venture, or you've plateaued with your current one, I can help. I connect clients with themselves and their potential. Then, I identify unique solutions that translate your brand into messaging that connects your target audience with your business. Go to stacyconnects.com to connect with me and your messaging. Self-help, healing, spirituality, and more on Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Stacy Connects. I am J.D.K. Winnikin, pinch hitting once again uh, for Stacy Heller, who is out ill and here to help me. And really, sort, sort of running the show at this point is her daughter, I don't know about uh, Grace Heller. Now you kind of are. Um, <laughs> I said this was either going to be my magnum opus or my greatest failure. And oh, opus. we're going to see. I, opus. I'm hoping. Opus on the way. Uh, but for all of you listening, if you have any uh, comment or questions or have an idea, you can text or leave a voicemail at 475-999-2726. Or you can send a DM through Instagram uh, to Stacy Talks. Uh, we're not going to see it because she's no. looking at it. So that would be for later. She can talk about it in another episode. But uh, before the break, we're talking about uh, this dynamic in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU, uh, between the two main, pretty much the two main characters yeah, driving, so. driving the first three phases. That would be Tony Stark, otherwise known as Iron Man, Steve Rogers, known as Captain America. For the sake of this conversation, I guess I'm on Team Captain America. You're on Team Iron Man, yeah. sort of. 
You, All right. <laughs> I love both those guys. Yeah, yes. You do not like Steve Rogers. No, I do not. Okay. So with that in mind, though, we're going to talk a little bit about where this came from. But I want to make sure that the other fan of the MCU in the room has a chance to say something. Eric, what's coming up for you with what we've talked about so far? Yeah, it's it's fun. <laughs> I'm enjoying just hearing the the recaps of these movies that I enjoyed so much. So. You want to watch them again, don't you? I, I kind of do. I am telling you. I... I know. I know. You just watched Iron Man recently. Yeah, right? I'm I'm up to Avengers. Okay, I've watched. Okay. Yeah, Eric, do you have a, do you have a favorite of the the movies that have come out so far? Do you have one that really stands out? I uh, I really liked Thor Ragnarok. Okay. And I really liked the uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, okay. Those two were probably my faves so far. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Grace, what are your overall favorites? Interesting color. Uh, Iron Man. Okay. The original? Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3. <laughs> no, the Iron Man, original Iron Man, I love. Oh, so you're kind of a, you're a big time Tony Stark fan. When I tell you I had a cardboard cutout of Iron Man in my bedroom. There you go. Until I went to college, I'm telling you. There you go. Yes. I think I still have it. Uh, yeah, definitely Iron Man. And then I did, I did like visually Endgame. Yeah. Heart-wrenching. I liked it. Yeah. And I actually, I do enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy. Those are really good. Those are great. Those are really good. I, I would say my favorites, uh, the Captain America, the Winter Soldier, to me is, is an outstanding movie. It was a good movie. Oh, man. It's, and there's a lot of stakes in it. A lot for the entire story happens in that. Um, Iron Man 3, I really liked. I really like it. It's a sleeper. Liked, I, it People is. don't like it. I really liked that movie. I didn't want to say it for fear of response, no. but it's a good one. No, you actually owned Iron Man 2, which most people pan. I just rewatched it. It's actually not that bad. Well, and how can you get upset about the movie that introduces Black Widow? T- come on. Come on now. I can't, you know, so all of that. So, okay. I think it's the Mickey Rourke character that most people oh, mm. yeah, and, and don't quite like. <laughs> yeah. Talk about a guy who doesn't look like what he looked yeah. like 20 years right. ago. Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, it is a tough one. Although the scene in where he slashes up the race car at Monaco is pretty cool. Yeah. That, it was really cool. There's good stuff in there. Although it's funny seeing the old suit technology. <laughs> like in the, for reference, in the new movies, he's able to just like blink and the suit like appears. The yeah. Iron Man suit. And in these older ones, they obviously didn't have that. So it's like it's this mm-hmm. whole like clunky suitcase. That I think like, I kind of prefer that. I do it too. Seems yeah, a little slightly more realistic. Yeah. Now they're just all wing, and the mask disappears, right. so and they can just... say a line of dialogue. Oh, the nanotech. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah nanotech it's like all stuff. this new. Yeah, from Wakanda for all you nerds. Back in yeah. my day, we had to put a helmet <laughs> on and we liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when 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 uh, suits being shot down from satellites seems mm. like old school. Right, because he also a lot. he also comes up with a suit for yes, the Incredible Hulk in suit Civil War captive device Veronica. Yeah, Veronica. Oh, yeah. Veronica. Yeah, oh, Veronica. Um, so wow, we are totally yeah, out. <laughs> yeah, anyway. crazy. All right, so with this, let's talk a little bit about this. You know, and this is where the spoiler alert comes in. Okay, I mentioned early on that both these main characters exit the storyline in yes. Avengers Endgame, and this is where we have to just say what happens. Tony Stark dies. Yeah, saving everybody. Yes. From Thanos, the yes. Mad Titan, who had the, inf- had the gauntlet, the big metal gauntlet yep. with all the Infinity Stones, which essentially are the stones that created and empower the universe. Yep. And he pulls them all together into one glove, and he, in uh, one snap of his fingers in the movie called Infinity War, he wipes out half of all living things in the universe. And we watch at the end of Infinity War as half of our heroes, of which there are many by this point, literally disappear as ashes. And we had to wait a year yeah. 
yeah. to see how that turned out. That was rude. That was rude. But nevertheless, that's what happened. And both Tony Stark and Steve Rogers survived the snap, as they come to call it. And in Endgame, they're brought back together. They'd had a falling out several years before in a film called Civil War, yep. which was actually a Captain America movie, which was really like Avengers 2.5. It, yeah, it was a, a 2.5. Yeah, exactly. They have a falling out over something very real. I'm not sure we have enough time to get into that. I don't know. But nevertheless, uh, they come back together in Avengers Endgame. And in the process of undoing the snap, if you will, that's not a good way to put that at all. Uh, undoing the snap. <laughs> not really. Not good. Um, undoing the damage. Undoing the retar- damage. Bringing everyone back. Yes. Via a second snap. Yes. Yes, yeah. a second snap because they actually learned to travel in time. This yeah. sounds really it's, nuts. Yeah. It sounds really nuts. It's hard to explain. It's really hard to explain. <laughs> Basically, half the people are gone, half the people come back. Right. And Tony is the one who ends up bringing them all back. Yes. Because he gets a hold of the gauntlet with the stones from this alternate timeline, snaps everybody back, but it kills him. Yes. To- uh, Steve Rogers survives that and has to see his friend die, and they've reconciled by then. And it's it's a horrible, awful, poignant yes. moment there when he dies. But then... It falls to Steve Rogers to go back through the timeline and put all these stones back where they found them so they haven't spun off these alternate realities into these different things. And so at the very end of the movie, he gets on this time machine pad that's going to send him back, and he tells everybody, we'll see you in 10 seconds. Well, 10 seconds later, he reappears as an old man. As it turns out, he's gone back after he put all the stones back. He stayed back in the past found that old love of his life from 70 years before, lived a life with her to become an old man, and at the end of this, he hands over his shield as Captain America to his best buddy, Sam Wilson, known at the time of, as the hero's Falcon yes. and all this. And then there's a TV series, uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that is about how, that, how Sam Wilson becomes the new Captain America. He will be Captain America from now on. All right, so this is where... All of that to say. All of this to say... <laughs> I, did I cover everything? Yeah, basically. Okay. What's the problem? <laughs> Great. Where to start? What's the problem? Here is where I take issue with this whole plot line. Okay. Is if you think about the struggles, both heroes have struggles. And they're rooted in very different things. So Steve Rogers, Captain America. I'm going to call him Captain America. Captain America's struggles are that he's a man out of time. He lost the love of his life. But... Really, that kind of is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. He obviously he has some issues with his friend, the one that ends up mangled, as you mentioned earlier. Bucky Barnes. Bucky Barnes. He has some issues with that. But in his background, we don't really get any, like he's not, there's no family drama. There's no, really his issue was that he doesn't really know what to do with himself. He's a soldier that's out of time and he doesn't have the love of his life. Fine. Those are struggles. Don't get me wrong. But then you look at Iron Man, Tony Stark as a character, and his struggles are a hard family upbringing. Both of his parents died in a car accident, which is a whole other thing. Uh-huh. And he... They're actually murdered. Right. They're, by, they're murdered they're by... They're murdered by... Captain America's by friend. Captain America's Bucky friend, Barnes. Bucky Barnes, otherwise right. known as the Winter Soldier. So that'll mess you yeah, up. That'll mess you up. And then he has a hard time with relationships because he has, like, trauma from his lives mm-hmm. and all the things he's done. He does all these things. And so he has this really hard kind of traumatic upbringing that he masks through like narcissism and all of and his technologies and everything. And Captain America, Steve Rogers, really kind of undermines all of that because of Tony Stark's cockiness. So mm-hmm. throughout the, the entire series, the basis of their arguments is always, Steve Rogers is always saying, he's like, 
you're never the guy that will lay his life down. You're never the guy. You're so selfish. You'd never be the guy to risk. You don't follow you duty. You don't follow duty. Right. You wouldn't be that person. All the things that Steve, that Captain America holds dear. Everything that he stands for as a person. He's like, you aren't, you aren't holding yourself responsible. That's his whole kind of hill that he dies on, I guess, literally. So Tony Stark, <laughs> though, if you think about all of the movies and a little synopsis in the first Avengers movie, Tony Stark almost dies because he saves the world from aliens. By pushing a nuclear weapon through a wormhole into space. Right. That yes. would have blown up New that York if he failed. That would have blown up New failed. York City if he failed. Right. So he saves New York and he saves, he ends the battle. He does that. That traumatizes him. He goes on to create more technology to protect people because he's traumatized. Which that, is the second Avengers which is the second movie, Avengers, Age of Ultron. Right. Which is where this robot has kind of become, what's the word for it? Aware, I guess. And yeah. is now trying to become all powerful it's the worst ai nightmare worst literally yeah worst ai ai nightmare ever so then that creates a whole issue and he has to be the one to figure out the technology to save everybody mm-hmm. and ultimately save that city from crashing into earth and creating a wiping out all wiping humanity. out all humanity essentially right. so he so saves the world again he saves the world again <laughs> and then from that he develops this sense of responsibility and the government's like, hey, I don't think you guys should be allowed to just like do what you want. And they create these accords, which basically would put the Avengers kind of under the direction of all the of the world's go- Yeah, the United Nations yeah. governs. And at that point, Tony says, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe we shouldn't just like act. He learns. He's like, maybe we shouldn't just like act out of our own will. And at this moment is when Steve Rogers decides to say, mm, no. We're and that's the that. moment that he decides to not follow the rules. So all throughout the movies, there's this whole, like, you watch Tony Stark learn and grow and process. And at one point, he loses his girl to the Iron Man suits. She gets put in danger. And then they have a fight. And there's all of these things. And finally, by the time you get to Endgame, he's now living his life. He has a daughter with the girl that he has been trying for 30 movies to end up with. Yeah. He has a daughter. He has a family. He has like he's healing his own inner child. He's teaching her. It's he's having this beautiful, come yeah. full circle moment where he's getting all those things that he was deprived of, and then he dies. And I I understand the poetic justice of it. He really is the one that created the universe. He is the one that should kind of die with it. But I just don't think it's fair for somebody who has already had so much struggle to be the one to die when they finally Mm -hmm. find peace. Mm -hmm. And Steve Rogers gets to be the one to go back in time and relive his whole. He basically got to have his cake and eat it, too. He lost what he lost. He lived this crazy life, saved the world multiple times. And then he gets to go back and do the whole, you know, Mm -hmm. live with my the love of my life. He got two lives. And at the end of the day, it's a huge disservice to his character because his whole point was he was always ripping on people for not laying their lives down to save the world. And here he is backing out. Mm-hmm. He didn't stick around to deal with the cleanup, the fallout. Like there was still, like we were talking about yeah. this hangover portion. There's still yeah. so much to be done. Still so much. Yeah. So that's where I take issue is that there, it felt like there was a little bit of disjustice, misjustice, however you want to put it. Injustice. Injustice. What was I saying? Injustice for Tony Stark, who you gave this person, you took so much away. And you gave him lessons, and he learned, and then you killed him. Yeah. You got to be kidding me. I feel like there should be, like, the Southern Baptist choir behind you right now. Uh, Just, you were, I, I was hesitant I was to say blowing. anything. Rolling. I feel, I, yeah. Preach it. Thank you. I, yeah, that's really good. It's really yeah. good. Eric, what's your response to that? <laughs> I think she makes a pretty solid argument. I know. Thank you. <laughs> I know. It is pretty solid. Um, and 
that initially to me, I think I think there's a lot to that. Um, it is something that when when Captain America disappears and comes back at the end, Endgame to me was about as perfect an ending to those sagas as you could probably write. Totally. That part fell a little flat to me for reasons that probably similar uh, to what you just said. I realized that they didn't want to leave one of them. They wanted both of them to leave the scene at yes. the same time. I personally think that his whole thing going back was simply a salve to all of us wrecked in the audience. Yeah. That had just watched Tony die to have something to feel good about coming out of this film. That does not to say it's the right reason right. to do it. No, totally. Because it's not the best end for that character either. I have felt let down by that. I was so excited when they were gonna when they announced they were gonna have a television series. Yeah. That was gonna have Sam Wilson who he handed the shield to and his friend Bucky Barnes trying to recover from, you know, decades of brainwashing as the winter soldier. Right. They were gonna do a whole thing about them as this transition and they handled it really well. That series is to me is just absolutely amazing. Yeah, oh I love that. But I was let down by that. And so for me, your points are, are well taken. I keep coming back to the fact, though, that, and this is the same side of what you were just talking about, Tony keeps putting them in these really tough spots, right? He keeps putting them there. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes what Steve, didn't, what Steve Rogers, Captain America, didn't realize is Tony really cared what he thought. Yes. Even though Tony was never going to admit it. He, he cared what Captain America thought of him. And he defers to him in Avengers, right? He says, Cap, call it, when he says, yeah. take the plan. So he, he looks up to him in, in his own way. Well, Can't he, express it. No. But what Steve never understood, Captain America never understood, is the power of his own words on Tony Stark. And, the, yeah. and so really where I, I see your argument really resonating is there. And then the fact that in Civil War, and you pointed this out to me today. I did. And I'm still processing the I, aftermath of this. As you should. Listen, listen to this. Uh, Eric, this is wild. When their big separation comes in Civil War, it's because Tony finds out not only that his parents were murdered by Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, years before, but that Steve Rogers knew it and hadn't told him. And that's the whole plot point why the bad guy in that movie is trying to push those two guys together to fight because he knows that Tony Stark doesn't know his parents were murdered by Bucky Barnes. If Steve had been the good friend he said he was, and had said something, we wouldn't have even had this conflict. No. I stand by that. It's a, I, I got to take some time to think about it, but there is something to that. And, and, and it's the lamest excuse ever that Steve Rogers gives him. I was trying to spare you pain. In, Just, in what world? In what world? The That's, pain's already there. Right. Parents were he already wrong. lost his parents once. And to know, like, I, have, I take issue with that a lot. And I think, I mean, I, going back to why he looks up to Steve, he, Steve knew Tony's dad. Yes. Captain America and Tony's dad worked together. And Tony re- never really 1940s. knew his father, never knew his father to be a warm person. And so to have somebody yeah. that his father considered a, you know, a colleague, a friend, mm-hmm. like I think that that was really hard. And I think that with the Sokovia Accords, it's like one thing that we talked about with this whole civil war where Tony was fighting, Iron Man was fighting Captain America over the Sokovia Accords, over this written document. But not at the end. Right. At first, that's what the fight was about. Yeah. And Captain America was fighting back, knowing this very sensitive information about him. Yeah, it's a problem. And Right. So <laughs> it's like going into a fight and thinking, we're fighting over the fact that you didn't do the dishes. And somebody else is like, yeah. I'm actually fighting you because 
my friend killed your parents. Well, for like, Captain, what is and, that? And for Captain America to claim the moral high ground is while really, holding that is a problem. It's very challenging, especially knowing that he is fighting against an accord that would allow some accountability for yeah. their actions while he's defending somebody who has no accountability for their actions. Right. He yeah. is absolutely debasing his entire argument about we have a duty, we have a duty. And on top of it, as you say, he's defending Bucky in this argument where he's yeah. he's fighting against Tony. Bucky's because been brainwashed. Bucky's been brainwashed. He, he didn't know what he was doing. Right. right. So he is able to see that despite the horrific things that Bucky has done, you know, he can defend him. Whereas, as you say, we can get into this after the break, but you say that Tony's responsible for a lot, but why is that different from Bucky? Well, and that's and that's that's the flip side of it, right? Because in the end, it's it's Captain America stuck between those two yeah. loyalties in the end. All right, let's take a second break, and when we come back, we'll kind of tie off some of this stuff, and then talk a little bit more broadly about why we care so much about this so passionately. <laughs> so passionate. All right, we'll be back in just a minute. Do you feel challenged by the thought of getting ready every day? Want to make a great first impression, but don't feel your wardrobe represents who you really are? Does the thought of trying to find great clothing that fits your body and lifestyle have you overwhelmed? Michael Bruce Image Consulting is a premier image consulting company that can help you get your style back on track. Contact them at michaelbruceimageconsulting.com or call them at 425-214-4155 and start that conversation today. Stacy Heller is many things, entertaining yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolf, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical like Dr. Ruth. Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to StacyConnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Stacy Connects. In case you're wondering, I am not Stacy with just terrible laryngitis. I am JDK Could be Winnikin. at this point. <laughs> Could be, yeah. With her. Uh, I'm JDK Winnikin stepping in for her yet again with her daughter, Grace Heller. Yes, and hello. We, just, we were just basking in the glow of Grace's <laughs> grand narrative of <laughs> the last session. It's, I've been holding it in for years. I know. And you know what? I was just really glad to give you the space where yeah, you can just get I that out. Yeah, I appreciate that. It does matter. Um, and in the end, I think what that's what's so powerful about these, these movies um, and these stories is even though they're superhero movies, unless we had told you we were talking about these as superhero movies, these would sound like good, dramatic, friendship-oriented, definitely relationship-oriented cinema, which Absolutely. is really, I think, the strength of them, or at least for the first three phases. Yes. Yeah, I think that really what captivated people in general was just the fact that there was there was something there. There was a depth. There was relationships. There was complexity. And it, it almost, as superhuman as everyone was and it's obviously superheroes it's a very humanizing universe and that you see these many different personalities and clashing situations and morals and all of that and it creates kind of this very interesting 
human perspective in a way that you can see this in any other kind of environment if you yeah. were to just strip the superhuman qualities. Yeah. And I think that's a very powerful thing. Well, and I, and I would think that part of what they were looking to accomplish was exactly the sort of conversation you and I yeah. have right now. They leave a lot of this stuff open-ended. They don't tie things off super nicely. No. Right? I mean, characters, yes, there's redemption arcs in some ways for Tony in that, even though it results in his death, which is right. rough. There is sort of that, you know, sort of the salve of he gets the life, Steve Rogers gets the life that he wanted. Um, there's that. But their foibles, their challenges, all those things are still out there. Yeah. And they never get really resolved. And, of course, they lose other characters, right? Black Widow dies in that, yeah. in that movie. No, well. and I, I think, honestly, if you're going to have a universe that has 20-something, up to this point, 20-something movies, you could end it in any way you wanted, and there still would be some group out there that would say, I didn't get closure, I didn't get, like, <laughs> I represent a camp of people who feels very wronged, but if you had ended it any other way, there would be someone else out there. And right. That's kind of the beauty and also, you know, I wouldn't say issue, but right. it's, it's hard. It's hard when you feel so deeply about a character and that's so vast and something's going to give. And lasted as a character for over a decade. Yes. I mean, yeah, and played such an integral part of the something. entire... Well, you know, and I think about my generation that was so tightly wound to the original characters from Star Wars and why they all lost their minds in the various ways that Han Solo and Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia went out. Yes. Tall, very, nobody was, not everybody was happy with any of those things. No. Right? And, and there was probably no way they could be in those because the Star Wars universe, of course, had taken on its own mythology long before Episode 7, 8, 9 came out. But I never thought that anything was ever going to match the scope or the connectedness or the conversation starting capability of Star Wars. But the Marvel Cinematic Universe has done that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think about uh, Star Wars and I think one of the when I like growing up, one of the conversations that we always had about it is there wasn't so much a connection to it as there was like to the characters of the story. It was more so like, ooh, watch it in this order. Mm -hmm. And if you see this, because we, I mean, obviously, like the prequel, everything was out. So yeah. it was like, what's the best, like what's machete order versus release order versus timeline? And that was kind of the conversation was, how's the best way to tell the story? But there wasn't necessarily a huge connectedness to that story. No, and it's also not the most morally complex. Right. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an era of the Cold War series right. of films, right? It's, it's good versus evil. Yes. And exactly. as we were talking about before the show, Palpatine is evil just because yeah, he likes right. it. Yeah, like you think about it, we were talking about one of the, the main villain in in uh, Avengers, and it's like, he was like, yeah, let me kill half the universe, but let me do it because we're running out of natural resources. Yeah, I know, that's Thanos' and, whole, he thinks he's doing whole, good. Right. right, whereas like, you know, Star Wars, it's like, I hate you because you breathe. Yes. And <laughs> Never mind, if you've got the power to wipe out half of civilization, you also have the power to give them enough resources, he Oh, that's a good point. Not terribly My mind bright. is blown. I don't want to. I can't even think about that. That's, right a, now. Really that's a really good, good point. point. Yeah, he could have. Oh, he right. could have just created. I mean, yeah. I mean, he could have <laughs> just been that. like more water, more right. water, more, like, water. <laughs> more, more plants, more food. Like, yes, less, less carbon, yeah. less war. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, Eric well, with easy Eric with the truth bomb. Yeah, that's nowhere. That was fabulous. But can you imagine how boring that movie would be? Well, sure. Well, but I. But that's the thing. Is, Everything's is that, good. Everything's exactly. <laughs> By the way, I got two all these stones. Don't yeah. need you guys two minutes in. Yeah. That'd be a fun, that'd be a fun like, YouTube short video. Oh, absolutely. Right. right. But nevertheless, Star Wars was very clearly good side, bad side. The, and even though you've got good guys and bad guys in the, in the MCU, there's a lot more gray to play around with in terms of motivations, which yeah. is 
for the sake of storytelling, is really fun to have. Yeah. And to play around with. And it gives some depth to some characters and some motivation. You can you can take Palpatine, the Emperor, in Star Wars and go, okay, well, evil's a good motivation. But people can't really relate to that. And if you can relate to Palpatine, <laughs> there's a problem. <laughs> Please tune out. Please tune oh, out. Get some help. Get some help. <laughs> yes. But nevertheless. Um, all right. So with, with that in mind, you know, to kind of broaden this out, um, clearly you and I both, and Eric as well, we all love these stories. Yeah. Uh, how did you get connected to this, and how old were you? So I think I was around eight when the first Iron Man movie came out. And I remember at first, like, it was, I was in that phase where I was like, I want to do everything my older brother does. And so Will was watching, and I'm sure like, I was like, I'm going to watch too. And I, I became so obsessed with it. From then on out, I don't know what it was. I think it was just like the I didn't love a lot of like the fantastical things. I wasn't a big fan of like those, you know, like uh, like gods and all of that. Like I wasn't into that. But this idea of somebody's sheer willpower and skill and like genius becoming like allowing them to become a superhero. I think like that's really what brought me in is it was like it was a very grounded superhero movie his brain is the superpower yeah and like and as much as i don't understand science i (laughs) i i was like no that tracks like i could get Mm -hmm. that i can get on board with this like this Mm -hmm. makes sense and so i think that's kind of what first brought me in and then i have to say the after credit scenes of all these movies like after the first few when they have at the end of all the movies they have this little scene at the end that's usually like a snippet of what's to come right and that i think that that was really what drew me in because suddenly Mm -hmm. it became this like what's coming i i was mm-hmm. starting to like look forward to the next thing the next thing and i think coming out in real time at a time when like my entertainment was having my mom drive me to the movie theater with my friends like it was it was like that's what we did like mm-hmm. we were 14 like we couldn't do much else so i think it just became such like a big part of my growing up and my formation of like myself and my thoughts and my friends and it was like a bonding experience and People were always talking about it at school. And so it just was such like a huge part of our our culture. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I loved it. Yeah, it sounds like when I was four years old and saw Star Wars for the first time. Right. And it was all Luke Skywalker all the time. Absolutely. Know? Yeah, and so I was tied very, very closely to his ultimate fate, you know, in the Star Wars series. You know, when he, when he dies in episode eight. Yeah. I was surprised. I did not have the same reaction that a lot of people did who were just angry. Right. I was just like, whoa, okay, that's where they went. Uh, but I can see why <laughs> why Tony's fate why that's, matters a lot to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, because I, I think it's also, because I jumped in at a time where, like, all the things, in a lot of ways, he's just a stunted human being. Like, he really has no emotional. He's, he has he trouble starts with bandwidth. A, yeah. He starts as an eight-year-old. So all the lessons that he's learning, all of the lessons of, like, I want what I want. And then kind of figuring out, like, oh, maybe, like, something else matters more. And, like, oh, maybe this, like, those friendships and those relationships. Like, he was really developing emotionally at the same pace, the same time as myself and my friends. And so he was a really relatable, I guess not relatable, he was mm. a billionaire. But he was just a very endearing character in that way. Well, it's, it's in some ways, not to jump universes too far, but all that you've described is one reason why a lot of people like Bruce Wayne and Batman. Yeah. His mind and his money. Yep. Of course, but no special superpowers. Exactly. Will, desire, creativity, and means. Absolutely. Put those things together, which I think a lot of people wonder what would they do if they had those combinations of all those things? What would they do with it? And the big question is, would you, you know, with Batman is, 
is he going to use it for good or, or for evil, right. right? He's on the verge of madness most of the time. Yeah. You know, so whereas with, with Tony, you get the sense of there's more of a, there's a sadness there of this guy who's really trying to connect. Yes. You know, and has, is in constant tension between that side of him, that wounded child side of him. Right. And this clear, not only this desire to protect the world, but this deep knowledge that he knows how to do it. Right. Yeah. And maybe other people don't, you know, and that's what's so interesting about Steve Rogers' character. He's the exact opposite. Yeah. He started literally as a small kid, too weak to actually get into the army in World War II. He, he had was like to get, an asthmatic. Yeah, exactly. He had to be injected with a super serum. <laughs> right. To be anything, right? To like and run. And there's a moment in one of the movies where, where Tony says to him, the only thing that's special about you came out of a bottle, right? Which is kind of true. Now, he had to do something good with all of it. Right. Right. So he had a whole series of choices Captain America did to continue to make. And yet I think what he taps into is on one sense a romantic idea of duty. Yes. And it harkens back to World War Two. The image of that, of course, is that it was the clearly morally unambiguous war. Therefore to fight in it, you were on the right you were on the side of good. Yeah. And um and gen- and there's there's some value to that. But then you have, of course, the story of lost love, man out of time, feeling isolated, people feeling like they don't really belong where they are. People connect to that, too. Yeah. They connect to that, too. And I didn't, you know, of course, I was a grown man when all of these movies came out. Yeah. But I was captured so much. In part, I was captured by the first Captain America movie because my PhD is in World War II history. So I loved that it was going on there. That's my connection to it. And I just loved... I loved Steve Rogers' attitude. They didn't get this big, macho, over-the-top guy. They got somebody who remained that very, in a lot of ways, that same emotional um, young boy that we meet early on. Yeah. Who's always struggling to figure out how does these new powers fit in with his, his era of responsibility and how does he connect with other people. That's the interesting thing. In some key emotional areas, those two guys are a lot alike. They are. And I, it makes, it honestly makes sense. Like, I think that in a lot, it's kind of the whole, like, crazy is genius, genius is crazy. Like, they, mm. they all really have their own struggles. They and do. I think they're more similar than they think. Yeah. But they use them in different ways. They, they're fueled by it in different ways. Yeah. And so it's such a fascinating, because I, I understand how people would connect with Steve Rogers. I really do. Yeah. But I think as someone who is not always the most, like, my first thought isn't always, let me do the right thing. It's like, can I get away with doing the wrong thing? (laughs) So I don't always, like, I don't always, I think that he was kind of an unattainable character. Or what is, yeah, and what's the relationship between doing something wrong for the right reasons? Right. Or, you know, that the ends justify the means. These are all big questions that we ask. Totally. You know who's the one person just realized to me Hmm. who fits perfectly in the middle of these guys, and this is going to open up a whole different can of worms so we don't have time? Bruce Banner. Oh, yeah. He's the only one who can actually talk to both of them. Yeah. And communicate to both of them. And there's time after time where he's the one who talks sense into both. Yeah. Right? Because he's the one who finally convinces Tony, Tony, get rid of your hangups around Steve Rogers. Right. Thanos is coming. Yeah. You know, we got, you got to He realizes everything is, he always knows that everything is bigger than their beef. Yeah, exactly. Which is. So so you have somebody in Bruce Banner who kind of has the, the kind of the 20,000 foot view of everything kind of going, uh, guys. Hey, maybe. And then he, of course, keeps getting wrapped up in all their, all their stuff. Of course, of course. Anyway. So. All right. So, man, interesting that we explored the roots of this. Yeah. I, I hadn't quite seen that for either of us, but it makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. Because I, I think that 
it's always going to mean something to someone else. And again, like with how vast the universe is, everyone's going to have some kind of point of entry. Sure. And I think I, one thing that we discussed earlier was we're so we feel very disconnected to this current kind of going back to after Endgame. We feel very disconnected to the current phase of movies because it's someone else's entry point. Yeah. This is not our entry point. Yeah. And I think that there's going to be maybe a new generation that's kind of discovering it now. And this could right. be their introduction to it, and it might be what brings them in. Um, but we don't connect to that. Well, and that's what they're aiming for. I mean, clearly, if you look, all the series are introducing younger and younger heroes. Yeah. For a, they're very much going a young Avengers team that they're going to build. Yeah. Right? They've been showing that time and time again in the Hawkeye series and the Miss Marvel series. They're right. all built around these younger protagonists. Right. So, and you know, that's more your generation than mine. How's that landing with you? Honestly, and. I've thought about this and like I, I I should be more on board with it, but I think what what I struggle with is I think they think that they are catering to my age group and yet my age group, because we kind of grew up with this, we really thrive on those relationships. We thrive on the connections and the connectivity and how is this all going to play together. And at, right now it's a very transitional, transformational time where there isn't really any of that connection or relationships. Mm-hmm. So until they're kind of, bridge some of these gaps between the current projects. I mean, there's really not, they're all kind of standalone right now, which is a really long period of time to have just standalone projects. I think until there's some connection, I think that my age group is pretty tuned out. A lot of the people that I know, myself included, that are huge fans, um, we've all kind of taken a back seat and we'll watch and we'll keep up, but we're just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. We're waiting for Mm. a reason Mm-hmm. to care because right now we're not really yeah right now they're just movies that are kind of okay movies and shows you know, right that are so many whereas yeah. the original phases it was three or four movies around the main characters pull them together for avengers yeah give them a second individual movie pull them again for avengers now you've got all these different threads going on oh yeah that makes it tough to keep track and, yeah. and i know people that are giving up because they've missed a few movies and missed a few series and they're like i can't do this anymore I'm like okay maybe this is too much right not me though <laughs> no i know i'm like I got time. Yeah, exactly. It's either this or the CPA. So the CPA, <laughs> the CPA exam. I'm not doing that. You're putting it off. I'm supposed to take it January 23rd, but but you're going to be sick that day. We'll see. <laughs> I may be watching Avengers that day. That's right. Well, you do have a few that you need to watch. Yes, and you I have do. A couple series. That you need I to do. Um, all right. So so clearly, Tony Stark was your favorite. Character, yeah. Clearly. Okay. Unequivocally. Unequivocally. Okay. Mine was Captain America. I'm pretty sure. But even though I loved, I love Tony. Eric, did you have? Do you have a favorite character? Uh, favorite like? character currently in the MCU? Any of them, like early on, alive or dead? Now, alive or dead? Uh, well, Wolverine was uh, always Ooh, a favorite from yeah. Marvel Comics, and he hasn't really been properly introduced in the MCU proper yet. It's coming. Uh, so yeah, that'll be interesting to find out what they do with that. Yeah, and I think he's featured in the upcoming Deadpool movie, yes. so that'll yeah. be interesting. Although. It's Hugh Jackman, which I think he's on his way out as far as that role goes. So yeah, but he's coming back. Yeah, yeah, for for Deadpool, that'll be it'll be interesting. I'm, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, that's a whole era, right? The X Men have oh, been brought yeah. in. That's um, a whole other yeah half, whole other show. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, which we're actually we're running out of time on. Um, so wow, well, Grace, this was. This was. I don't think we solved any. Did we solve? We actually put a few things to bed. Didn't we put we? it. Yeah, I'm glad that you could see my side. I can't. I'll be. I'll be on. My opinion was not going to change. 
And so oh, I, I wasn't I worried about that. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. the conversation, and I'm glad you could. I'm glad I could articulate my side of it very well. Yeah, and 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 to me, it re- all that does is reinforce my love for this whole thing. Anyway, yeah, right? exactly. I mean, it's so, these conversations that keep us. Now going. I need to go back and watch Civil War. Again I know. And beat my head against a wall, Ugh. going, "Oh, she's right." I'm. It's and, hard when I'm right. Anyway, <laughs> well, Stacy, get well soon. I hope we. Yes, I feel hope better. we did right by you. Uh, and uh, I'm sure you'll talk about it next week at some point, unless this is just not what we're supposed to do. She'll be like, I don't know what happened. (laughs) Yep, so her plan is to be back next week, obviously, um, health allowing. And uh, Grace, you and I will have more of these conversations eventually. Oh, yes. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. For helping us out. Thanks to all of you for listening. Remember to check this out as a podcast. Leave a review. She would love that. And reach out to her at all the various places you can, particularly on Instagram, at Stacy Talks. Thanks, everybody. We will see you soon. Thanks, everyone.